Part One of Chapter Four of Totem and Taboo by Sigmund Freud. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four: The Infantile Recurrence of Totemism. Part One. The reader need not fear that psychoanalysis, which first revealed the regular overdetermination of psychic acts and formations, will be tempted to derive anything so complicated as religion from a single source if it necessarily seeks as in duty bound to gain recognition for one of the sources of this institution it by no means claims exclusiveness for this source or even first rank among the concurring factors only a synthesis from various fields of research can decide what relative importance in the genesis of religion is to be assigned to the mechanism which we are to discuss but such a task exceeds the means as well as the intentions of the psychoanalyst. Section 1. The first chapter of this book made us acquainted with the conception of totemism. We heard that totemism is a system which takes the place of religion among certain primitive races in Australia, America, and Africa, and furnishes the basis of social organization. We know that in 1869 the Scotchman MacLennan attracted general interest to the phenomena of totemism, which until then had been considered merely as curiosities, by his conjecture that a large number of customs and usages in various old as well as modern societies were to be taken as remnants of a totemic epoch. Science has since then fully recognized the significance of totemism. I quote a passage from The Elements of the Psychology of Races by W. Wundt, 1912, as the latest utterance in this question. Quote, Taking all this together, it becomes highly probable that a totemic culture was at one time the preliminary stage of every later evolution, as well as a transition stage between the state of primitive man and the age of gods and heroes. End quote. It is necessary for the purposes of this chapter to go more deeply into the nature of totemism. For reasons that will be evident later, I here give preference to an outline by S. Reinach, who in the year 1900 sketched the following Code de Totemisme in twelve articles, like a catechism of the totemic religion. 1. Certain animals must not be killed or eaten but men bring up individual animals of these species and take care of them. 2. An animal that dies accidentally is mourned and buried with the same honors as a member of the tribe. 3. The prohibition as to eating sometimes refers only to a certain part of the animal. 4. If pressure of necessity compels the killing of an animal usually spared, it is done with excuses to the animal, and the attempt is made to mitigate the violation of the taboo, namely the killing, through various tricks and evasions. 5. If the animal is sacrificed by ritual, it is solemnly mourned. 6. At specified solemn occasions, like religious ceremonies, the skins of certain animals are donned. Where totemism still exists, these are totem animals. 7. Tribes and individuals assume the names of totem animals. 8. Many tribes use pictures of animals as coats of arms and decorate their weapons with them. The men paint animal pictures on their bodies or have them tattooed. 
9. If the totem is one of the feared and dangerous animals, it is assumed that the animal will spare the members of the tribe named after it. 10. The totem animal protects and warns the members of the tribe. 11. The totem animal foretells the future to those faithful to it and serves as their leader. 12. The members of a totem tribe often believe that they are connected with the totem animal by the bond of common origin. The value of this catechism of the totem religion can be more appreciated if one bears in mind that Reinick has here also incorporated all the signs and clues which lead to the conclusion that the totemic system had once existed. The peculiar attitude of this author to the problem is shown by the fact that to some extent he neglects the essential traits of totemism, and we shall see that of the two main tenets of the totemistic catechism, he has forced one into the background and completely lost sight of the other. In order to get a more correct picture of the characteristics of totemism, we turn to an author who has devoted four volumes to the theme combining the most complete collection of the observations in question with the most thorough discussion of the problems they raise. We shall remain indebted to J. G. Fraser, the author of Totemism and Exogamy, for the pleasure and information he affords, even though psychoanalytic investigation may lead us to results which differ widely from his. Footnote but it may be well to show the reader beforehand how difficult it is to establish the facts in this field. In the first place, those who collect the observations are not identical with those who digest and discuss them. The first are travelers and missionaries, while the others are scientific men who perhaps have never seen the object of their research. It is not easy to establish an understanding with savages. Not all the observers were familiar with the languages, but had to use the assistance of interpreters, or else had to communicate with the people they questioned in the auxiliary language of Pidgin English. Savages are not communicative about the most intimate affairs of their culture, and unburden themselves only to those foreigners who have passed many years in their midst. From various motives, they often give wrong or misleading information. Compare Fraser, The Beginnings of Religion and Totemism Among the Australian Aborigines, Fortnightly Review, 1905, Totemism and Exogamy, Volume 1, page 150. It must not be forgotten that primitive races are not young races, but really are as old as the most civilized, and that we have no right to expect that they have preserved their original ideas and institutions for our information without any evolution or distortion. It is certain, on the contrary, that far-reaching changes in all directions have taken place among primitive races, so that we can never unhesitatingly decide which of their present conditions and opinions have preserved the original past, having remained petrified, as it were, and which represent a distortion and change of the original. It is due to this that one meets the many disputes among authors as to what proportion of the peculiarities of a primitive culture is to be taken as primary and what as a later and secondary manifestation. To establish the original conditions, therefore, always remains a matter of construction. Finally, it is not easy to adapt oneself to the ways of thinking of primitive races, for like children we easily misunderstand them. 
and are always inclined to interpret their acts and feelings according to our own psychic constellations End footnote. a totem wrote fraser in his first essay is a class of material objects which a savage regards with superstitious respect believing that there exists between him and every member of the class an intimate and altogether special relation the connection between a person and his totem is mutually beneficent the totem protects the man and the man shows his respect for the totem in various ways by not killing it if it be an animal and not cutting or gathering it if it be a plant as distinguished from a fetish a totem is never an isolated individual but always a class of objects generally a species of animals or of plants more rarely a class of inanimate natural objects very rarely a class of artificial objects at least these last three kinds of totem can be distinguished one the tribal totem which a whole tribe shares and which is hereditary from generation to generation two the sex totem which belongs to all the masculine or feminine members of a tribe to the exclusion of the opposite sex and three the individual totem which belongs to the individual and does not descend to his successors the last two kinds of totem are of comparatively little importance compared to the tribal totem unless we are mistaken they are recent formations and of little importance as far as the nature of the taboo is concerned the tribal totem or clan totem is the object of veneration of a group of men and women who take their name from the totem and consider themselves consanguineous offspring of a common ancestor and who are firmly associated with each other through common obligations towards each other as well as by the belief in their totem totemism is a religious as well as a social system on its religious side it consists of the relations of mutual respect and consideration between a person and his totem and on the social side it is composed of obligations of the members of the clan towards each other and towards other tribes in the later history of totemism these two sides show a tendency to part company the social system often survives the religious and conversely remnants of totemism remain in the religion of countries in which the social system based upon totemism has disappeared in the present state of our ignorance about the origin of totemism we cannot say with certainty how these two sides were originally combined but there is on the whole a strong probability that in the beginning the two sides of totemism were indistinguishable from each other in other words the further we go back the clearer it becomes that a member of a tribe looks upon himself as being of the same genus as his totem and makes no distinction between his attitude towards the totem and his attitude towards his tribal companions in the special description of totemism as a religious system fraser lays stress on the fact that the members of a tribe assume the name of their totem and also as a rule believe that they are descended from it it is due to this belief that they do not hunt the totem animal or kill or eat it and that they deny themselves every other use of the totem if it is not an animal the prohibitions against killing or eating the totem are not the only taboos affecting it sometimes it is also forbidden to touch it and even to look at it in a number of cases the totem must not be called by its right name 
violation of the taboo prohibitions which protect the totem is punished automatically by serious disease or death specimens of the totem animals are sometimes raised by the clan and taken care of in captivity a totem animal found dead is mourned and buried like a member of the clan if a totem animal had to be killed it was done with the prescribed ritual of excuses and ceremonies of expiation the tribe expected protection and forbearance from its totem if it was a dangerous animal a beast of prey or a poisonous snake it was assumed that it would not harm and where this assumption did not come true the person attacked was expelled from the tribe fraser thinks that oaths were originally ordeals many tests as to descent and genuineness being in this way left to the decision of the totem the totem helps in case of illness and gives the tribe premonitions and warnings the appearance of the totem animal near a house was often looked upon as an announcement of death the totem had come to get its relative a member of a clan seeks to emphasize his relationship to the totem in various significant ways he imitates an exterior similarity by dressing himself in the skin of the totem animal by having the picture of it tattooed upon himself and in other ways on the solemn occasions of birth initiation into manhood or funeral obsequies this identification with the totem is carried out in deeds and words dances in which all the members of the tribe disguise themselves as their totem and act like it serve various magic and religious purposes finally there are the ceremonies at which the totem animal is killed in a solemn manner the social side of totemism is primarily expressed in a sternly observed commandment and in a tremendous restriction the members of a totem clan are brothers and sisters pledged to help and protect each other if a member of the clan is slain by a stranger the whole tribe of the slayer must answer for the murder and the clan of the slain man shows its solidarity in the demand for expiation for the blood that has been shed the ties of the totem are stronger than our ideas of family ties with which they do not altogether coincide since the transfer of the totem takes place as a rule through maternal inheritance paternal inheritance possibly not counting at all in the beginning but the corresponding taboo restriction consists in the prohibition against members of the same clan marrying each other or having any kind of sexual intercourse whatsoever with each other this is the famous and enigmatic exogamy connection with totemism we have devoted the whole first chapter of this book to it and therefore need only mention here that this exogamy springs from the intensified incest dread of primitive races that it becomes entirely comprehensible as a security against incest in group marriages and that at first it accomplishes the avoidance of incest for the younger generation and only in the course of further development becomes a hindrance to the older generation as well to this presentation of totemism by fraser one of the earliest in the literature on the subject i will now add a few excerpts from one of the latest summaries in the elements of the psychology of races which appeared in nineteen twelve w wundt says quote, the totem animal is considered the ancestral animal totem is therefore both a group name and a birth name 
and in the latter aspect this name has at the same time a mythological meaning but all these uses of the conception play into each other and the particular meanings may recede so that in some cases the totems have become almost a mere nomenclature of the tribal divisions while in others the idea of the descent or else the cultic meaning of the totem remains in the foreground the conception of the totem determines the tribal arrangement and the tribal organization these norms and their establishment in the belief and feelings of the members of the tribe account for the fact that originally the totem animal was certainly not considered merely a name for a group division but that it usually was considered the progenitor of the corresponding division this accounted for the fact that these animal ancestors enjoyed a cult this animal cult expresses itself primarily in the attitude towards the totem animal quite aside from the special ceremonies and ceremonial festivities not only each individual animal but every representative of the same species was to a certain degree a sanctified animal the member of the totem was forbidden to eat the flesh of the totem animal or he was allowed to eat it only under special circumstances this is in accord with a significant contradictory phenomenon found in this connection namely that under certain conditions there was a kind of ceremonial consumption of the totem flesh but the most important social side of this totemic tribal arrangement consists in the fact that it was connected with certain rules of conduct for the relations of the groups with each other the most important of these were the rules of conjugal relations this tribal division is thus connected with an important phenomenon which first made its appearance in the totemic age namely with exogamy if we wish to arrive at the characteristics of the original totemism by sifting through everything that may correspond to later development or decline we find the following essential facts the totems were originally only animals and were considered the ancestors of single tribes the totem was hereditary only through the female line it was forbidden to kill the totem or to eat it which under primitive conditions amounts to the same thing members of a totem were forbidden to have sexual intercourse with each other it may now seem strange to us that in the code de totemisme which reinick has drawn up the one principal taboo namely exogamy does not appear at all while the assumption of the second taboo namely the descent from the totem animal is only casually mentioned yet reinick is an author to whose work in this field we owe much and i have chosen his representation in order to prepare us for the differences of opinion among the authors which will now occupy our attention section two the more convinced we became that totemism had regularly formed a phase of every culture the more urgent became the necessity of arriving at an understanding of it and of casting light upon the riddle of its nature to be sure everything about totemism is in the nature of a riddle the decisive questions are the origin of the totem the motivation of exogamy or rather of the incest taboo which it represents and the relation between the two the totem organization and the incest prohibition the understanding should be at once historical and psychological it should inform us under what conditions this peculiar institution developed and to what psychic needs of man it has given expression 
the reader will certainly be astonished to hear from how many different points of view the answer to these questions has been attempted and how far the opinions of expert investigators vary almost everything that might be asserted in general about totemism is doubtful even the above statement of it taken from an article by fraser in eighteen eighty seven cannot escape the criticism that it expresses an arbitrary preference of the author and would be challenged today by fraser himself who has repeatedly changed his view on the subject it is quite obvious that the nature of totemism and exogamy could be most easily grasped if we could get into closer touch with the origin of both institutions but in judging the state of affairs we must not forget the remark of andrew lang that even primitive races have not preserved these original forms and the conditions of their origin so that we are altogether dependent upon hypotheses to take the place of the observation we lack among the attempted explanations some seem inadequate from the very beginning in the judgment of the psychologist they are altogether too rational and do not take into consideration the effective character of what they are to explain others rest on assumptions which observation fails to verify while still others appeal to facts which could better be subjected to another interpretation the refutation of these various opinions as a rule hardly presents any difficulties the authors are as usual stronger in criticism which they practice on each other than in their own work the final result as regards most of the points treated is a non liquet it is therefore not surprising that most of the new literature on the subject which we have largely omitted here shows the unmistakable effort to reject a general solution of totemic problems as unfeasible see for instance b goldenweiser in the journal of american folklore twenty three nineteen ten reviewed in the britannica yearbook nineteen thirteen i have taken the liberty of disregarding the chronological order in stating these contradictory hypotheses a the origin of totemism the question of the origin of totemism can also be formulated as follows how did primitive people come to select the names of animals plants and inanimate objects for themselves and their tribes the scotchman mclennan who discovered totemism and exogamy for science refrained from publishing his views of the origin of totemism according to a communication of andrew lang he was for a time inclined to trace totemism back to the custom of tattooing I shall divide the accepted theories of the derivation of totemism into three groups, alpha, nominalistic, beta, sociological, and gamma, psychological. Alpha, the nominalistic theories. The information about these theories will justify their summation under the headings I have used. Garcilaso de la Vega, a descendant of the Peruvian Incas, who wrote the history of his race in the 17th century, is already said to have traced back what was known to him about totemic phenomena to the need of the tribes to differentiate themselves from each other by means of names. The same idea appears centuries later in the ethnology of A. K. Keene, where totems are said to be derived from heraldic badges through which individuals families and tribes wanted to differentiate themselves 
max muller expresses the same opinion about the meaning of the totem in his contributions to the science of mythology a totem is said to be one a mark of the clan two a clan name three the name of the ancestor of the clan four the name of the object which the clan reveres j pickler wrote later in eighteen ninety nine that men needed a permanent name for communities and individuals that could be preserved in writing thus totemism arises not from a religious but from a prosaic everyday need of mankind the giving of names which is the essence of totemism is a result of the technique of primitive writing the totem is of the nature of an easily represented writing symbol but if savages first bore the name of an animal they deduced the idea of relationship from this animal herbert spencer also thought that the origin of totemism was to be found in the giving of names the attributes of certain individuals he showed had brought about their being named after animals so that they had come to have names of honor or nicknames which continued in their descendants as a result of the indefiniteness and incomprehensibility of primitive languages these names are said to have been taken by later generations as proof of their descent from the animals themselves totemism would thus be the result of a mistaken reverence for ancestors lord avebury better known under his former name sir john lubbock has expressed himself quite similarly about the origin of totemism though without emphasizing the misunderstanding if we want to explain the veneration of animals we must not forget how often human names are borrowed from animals the children and followers of a man who was called bear or lion naturally made this their ancestral name in this way it came about that the animal itself came to be respected and finally venerated Fison has advanced what seems an irrefutable objection to such a derivation of the totem name from the names of individuals he shows from conditions in australia that the totem is always the mark of a group of people and never of an individual but if it were otherwise if the totem was originally the name of a single individual it could never with the system of maternal inheritance descend to his children the theories thus far stated are evidently inadequate they may explain how animal names came to be applied to primitive tribes but they can never explain the importance attached to the giving of names which constitutes the totemic system the most noteworthy theory of this group has been developed by andrew lang in his books social origins nineteen o three and the secret of the totem nineteen o five this theory still makes naming the center of the problem but it uses two interesting psychological factors and thus may claim to have contributed to the final solution of the riddle of totemism andrew lang holds that it does not make any difference how clans acquire their animal names it might be assumed that one day they awoke to the consciousness that they had them without being able to account from where they came the origin of these names had been forgotten in that case they would seek to acquire more information by pondering over their names and with their conviction of the importance of names they necessarily came to all the ideas that are contained in the totemic system for primitive men as for savages of today and even for our children a name is not indifferent and conventional as it seems to us but is something important and essential
a man's name is one of the main constituents of his person and perhaps a part of his psyche the fact that they had the same names as animals must have led primitive men to assume a secret and important bond between their persons and the particular animal species what other bond than consanguinity could it be but if the similarity of names once led to this assumption it could also account directly for the totemic prohibitions of the blood taboo including exogamy Quote, no more than these three things a group animal name of unknown origin belief in a transcendental connection between all bearers human and bestial of the same name and belief in the blood superstitions were needed to give rise to all the totemic creeds and practices including exogamy End quote secret of the totem page one twenty six lang's explanation extends over two periods it derives the totemic system of psychological necessity from the totem names on the assumption that the origin of the naming has been forgotten the other part of the theory now seeks to clear up the origin of these names we shall see that it bears an entirely different stamp this other part of the lang theory is not markedly different from those which i have called nominalistic the practical need of differentiation compelled the individual tribes to assume names and therefore they tolerated the names which every tribe ascribed to the other this naming from without is the peculiarity of lang's construction the fact that the names which thus originated were borrowed from animals is not further remarkable and need not have been felt by primitive men as abuse or derision besides lang has cited numerous cases from later epochs of history in which names given from without that were first meant to be derisive were accepted by those nicknamed and voluntarily born the guises whigs and tories the assumption that the origin of these names was forgotten in the course of time connects the second part of the lang theory with the first one just mentioned beta the sociological theories s reinick who successfully traced the relics of the totemic system in the cult and customs of later periods though attaching from the very beginning only slight value to the factor of descent from the totem animal once made the casual remark that totemism seemed to him to be nothing but une hypertrophie de l'instinct social the same interpretation seems to permeate the new work of e durkheim les formes élémentaires de la vie religieuse le système totémique en australie nineteen twelve the totem is the visible representative of the social religion of these races it embodies the community which is the real object of veneration other authors have sought a more intimate reason for the share which social impulses have played in the formation of totemic institutions thus a c haddon has assumed that every primitive tribe originally lived on a particular plant or animal species and perhaps also traded with this food and exchanged it with other tribes it then was inevitable that a tribe should become known to other tribes by the name of the animal which played such weighty role with it at the same time this tribe would develop a special familiarity with this animal and a kind of interest for it which however was based upon the psychic motive of man's most elementary and pressing need namely hunger 
the objections against this most rational of all the totem theories are that such a state of the food supply is never found among primitive men and probably never existed savages are the more omnivorous the lower they stand in the social scale besides it is incomprehensible how such an exclusive diet could have developed an almost religious relation to the totem culminating in an absolute abstention from the preferred food the first of the three theories about the origin of totemism which fraser stated was a psychological one we shall report it elsewhere fraser's second theory which we will discuss here originated under the influence of an important publication by two investigators of the inhabitants of central australia spencer and gillen describe a series of peculiar institutions customs and opinions of a group of tribes the so-called arunta nation and fraser subscribes to their opinion that these peculiarities are to be looked upon as characteristics of a primary state and that they can explain the first and real meaning of totemism in the arunta tribe itself a part of the arunta nation these peculiarities are as follows one they had the division into totem clans but the totem is not hereditary but is individually determined as will be shown later two the totem clans are not exogamous and the marriage restrictions are brought about by a highly developed division into marriage classes which have nothing to do with the totems three the function of the totem clan consists of carrying out a ceremony which in a subtle magic manner brings about an increase of the edible totem this ceremony is called intichiuma for the aruntas have a peculiar theory about conception and rebirth they assume that the spirits of the dead who belonged to their totem wait for their rebirth in definite localities and penetrate into the bodies of the women who pass such a spot when a child is born the mother states at which spirit abode she thinks she conceived her child this determines the totem of the child it is further assumed that the spirits of the dead as well as of the reborn are bound to peculiar stone amulets called churinga which are found in these places two factors seem to have induced fraser to believe that the oldest form of totemism had been found in the institution of the aruntas in the first place the existence of certain myths which assert that the ancestors of the aruntas always lived on their totem animal and that they married no other women except those of their own totem secondly the apparent disregard of the sexual act in their theory of conception people who had not yet realized that conception was the result of the sexual act might well be considered the most backward and primitive people living today fraser in having recourse to the intichiuma ceremony to explain totemism suddenly saw the totemic system in a totally different light as a thoroughly practical organization for accomplishing the most natural needs of man compare haddon above the system was simply an extraordinary piece of cooperative magic primitive men formed what might be called a magic production and consumption club each totem clan undertook to see to the cleanliness of a certain article of food 
if it were a question of inedible totems like harmful animals rain wind or similar objects it was the duty of the totem clan to dominate this part of nature and to ward off its injuriousness the efforts of each clan were for the good of all the others as the clan could not eat its totem or could eat only a very little of it it furnished this valuable product for the rest and was in turn furnished with what these had to take care of as their social totem duty in the light of this interpretation furnished by the intichiuma ceremony it appeared to fraser as if the prohibition against eating the totem had misled observers to neglect the more important side of the relation namely the commandment to supply as much as possible of the edible totem for the needs of others fraser accepted the tradition of the aruntas that each totem clan had originally lived on its totem without any restriction it then became difficult to understand the evolution that followed through which savages were satisfied to ensure the totem for others while they themselves abstained from eating it he then assumed that this restriction was by no means the result of a kind of religious respect but came about through the observation that no animal devoured its own kind so that this break in the identification with the totem was injurious to the power which savages sought to acquire over the totem or else it resulted from the endeavor to make it being favorably disposed by sparing it fraser did not conceal the difficulties of this explanation from himself nor did he dare to indicate in what way the habit of marrying within the totem which the myths of the aruntas proclaimed was converted into exogamy Fraser's theory, based on the Intichiuma, stands and falls with the recognition of the primitive nature of the Arunta institutions, but it seems impossible to hold to this in the fact of the objections advanced by Durkheim and Lang. The Aruntas seem, on the contrary, to be the most developed of the Australian tribes and to represent rather a dissolution stage of totemism than its beginning the myths that made such an impression on fraser because they emphasize in contrast to prevailing institutions of today that the aruntas are free to eat the totem and to marry within it easily explain themselves to us as wish fantasies which are projected into the past like the myths of the golden age gamma the psychological theories Fraser's first psychological theories, formed before his acquaintance with the observations of Spencer and Gillen, were based upon the belief in an outward soul. The totem was meant to represent a safe place of refuge where the soul is deposited in order to avoid the dangers which threaten it. After primitive man had housed his soul in his totem, he himself became invulnerable and he naturally took care himself not to harm the bearer of his soul. But as he did not know which individual of the species in question was the bearer of his soul, he was concerned in sparing the whole species. Fraser himself later gave up this derivation of totemism from the belief in souls. When he became acquainted with the observations of Spencer and Gillen, he set up the other social theory, which has just been stated, but he himself then saw that the motive from which he had derived totemism was altogether too rational, and that he had assumed a social organization for it which was altogether too complicated to be called primitive. 
the magic cooperative companies now appeared to him rather as the fruit than as the germ of totemism he sought a simpler factor for the derivation of totemism in the shape of a primitive superstition behind these forms he then found this original factor in the remarkable conception theory of the aruntas as already stated the aruntas established no connection between conception and the sexual act if a woman feels herself to be a mother it means that at that moment one of the spirits from the nearest spirit abode who has been watching for a rebirth has penetrated into her body and is born as her child this child has the same totem as all the spirits that lurk in that particular locality but if we are willing to go back a step further and assume that the woman originally believed that the animal plant stone or other object which occupied her fancy at the moment when she first felt herself pregnant had really penetrated into her and was being born through her in human form then the identity of a human being with his totem would really be founded on the belief of the mother and all the other totem commandments with the exception of exogamy could easily be derived from this belief men would refuse to eat the particular animal or plant because it would be just like eating themselves but occasionally they would be impelled to eat some of their totem in a ceremonial manner because they could thus strengthen their identification with the totem which is the essential part of totemism w h r rivers observations among the inhabitants of the bank islands seem to prove men's direct identification with their totems on the basis of such a conception theory the ultimate sources of totemism would then be the ignorance of savages as to the process of procreation among human beings and animals especially their ignorance as to the role which the male plays in fertilization this ignorance must be facilitated by the long interval which is interposed between the fertilizing act and the birth of the child or the sensation of the child's first movements totemism is therefore a creation of the feminine mind and not of the masculine the sick fancies of the pregnant woman are the roots of it anything indeed that struck a woman at that mysterious moment of her life when she first knows herself to be a mother might easily be identified by her with the child in her womb such maternal fancies so natural and seemingly so universal appear to be the root of totemism the main objection to this third theory of fraser's is the same which has already been advanced against his second sociological theory the aruntas seem to be far removed from the beginnings of totemism their denial of fatherhood does not apparently rest upon primitive ignorance in many cases they even have paternal inheritance they seem to have sacrificed fatherhood to a kind of a speculation which strives to honor the ancestral spirits though they raise the myth of immaculate conception through a spirit to a general theory of conception we cannot for that reason credit them with ignorance as to the conditions of procreation any more than we could the old races who lived during the rise of the christian myths another psychological theory of the origin of totemism has been formulated by the dutch writer g a wilkin it establishes a connection between totemism and the migration of souls Quote, the animal into which according to general belief the souls of the dead passed became a blood relative and ancestor and was revered as such End quote. but the belief in the soul's migration to animals is more readily derived from totemism 
than inversely. Still another theory of totemism is advanced by the excellent American ethnologists Franz Boas, Hiltaut, and others. It is based on observations of totemic Indian tribes and asserts that the totem is originally the guardian spirit of an ancestor who has acquired it through a dream and handed it on to his descendants. We have already heard the difficulties which the derivation of totemism through inheritance from a single individual offers. Besides, the Australian observations seem by no means to support the tracing back of the totem to the guardian spirit. Two facts have become decisive for the last of the psychological theories, as stated by Wundt. In the first place, that the origin and most widely known totem object was an animal, and secondly, that the earliest totem animals correspond to animals which had a soul. Such animals as birds, snakes, lizards, mice, are fitted by their extreme mobility, their flight through the air, and by other characteristics which arouse surprise and fear to become the bearers of souls which leave their bodies. The totem animal is a descendant of the animal transformations of the spirit soul. Thus, with Wundt, totemism is directly connected with the belief in souls or with animism. End part one of chapter four, read by Mary Schneider.